and welcome. My name is Tim. I'm Dante. And I'm Murphy Durfee. And this is Go Mode, a Link to the Past randomizer podcast. I want to thank both of you for joining me here today. Instead of joining the nine o'clock ladder cross keys that was starting at the same time as our recording. Yeah, definitely a surprise for me not to join that. I know I'm very much known for my cross keys uh, endeavors. Yep. Yeah, big same. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm real. I don't know. I'm real deep in the cross keys tournament already, and. Um, you know, I play so many cross keys ladder matches because cross keys is really fun to play competitively. I, I'm just kidding, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's tempting not to join the ladder when there is a time, especially on a weekend. You know, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but uh, I, I was I was uh, ribbing at Dante for almost joining one one time. Actually, Herf did that uh, for almost joining one one time, and then I was ribbing at Herfie for. Uh, potentially playing across keys like that would ever happen so i I burned both of you with the same statement in in unique ways right at the top of the app nice yeah um i don't know why though like why would i (laughs) yeah like you guys and you're my friends like why would i why would i do that that doesn't make any sense it's just hard to come up with stuff to talk about at the top of the episode sometimes you know it really is and you know we we do a fine job i think of finding you know off the cuff content that uh you know fills fills the gap we'll call it <laughs> wacky zany humor <laughs> i'd give this one like a c minus probably but yeah. it was like it was all me so I, I will own that bad bad grade um and you know they can't all be zingers so no uh, but, but starting from here we're gonna really pick it up we're, the show's gonna get way better uh, starting right now yeah. uh, just a gradual slope on the upwards trajectory uh and that's because we it, it has to we we can't take this one off because this is our 50th episode of the go mode podcast yeah kind of crazy huh it it's 50 more than kind of crazy i know it's yeah it blows my mind um <laughs> So we're not doing anything too crazy for this one. Uh, we are doing a long-awaited episode topic, so that's sort of special, I guess. As you can see, we're, we're going to revisit our top 10 in this episode of, of uh, Tricks, and I'm really excited to get into that. Um, but uh, we also have our two-year anniversary coming up here before too long, so we will definitely be doing something special. We don't even know exactly what yet, but we'll do, we'll do something uh, triumphant uh, and momentous for that two-year anniversary. For now, we're just chugging along. And we're just doing our best to give you quality ALTTPR content, right, guys? Mm, of course, That's just like job. Venusaur, doing our best. <laughs> Wait, what? There's a there's a old like uh, I guess a meme, you know, where it's like the intro to Pokemon, where you know it's got Charizard blowing fire, and then it's got. Blastoise shooting, like it's like panning, and then Blastoise yeah. is shooting the water, and then Venusaur is just sitting there with his mouth open, <laughs> and like it's like, what the heck is Venusaur doing? And then it just says his best. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I like, I can see the shot that you're talking about because I, I watched the crap out of that, but uh, I never noticed <laughs> that Venusaur is not doing anything. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's uh it's uh, something that's kind of stuck with me throughout the years. It's funnier <laughs> to me than it really should be. <laughs> Uh, trust me, I know the feeling. Um, all right, so let's get into it. Uh, the first segment of news, we have, of course, the one that is right here at home. We have to discuss the Mentor Tournament, which has been chugging along. As we record this episode on June 20th, we are wrapping up week three, which is our mentorless week. 
Uh, so all of the runners went without a mentor this time, and we were sort of, you know, uh, interested to see how it went, and it seems like it's gone really well. In fact, we've actually had our first tie uh, in the tournament, in tournament history, because we didn't have any last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, pretty pretty incredible. We'll we'll put a, fortunately we were restreaming that, so we'll put a link in the description and you can see the racers. If not, you can remain unspoiled. But uh, yeah, Dante, I think you said something uh, something to the effect of like when you're running a tournament, the first week is busy, the second week is interesting or something like that. Yeah, it was something along those lines, and then like the third week is like wait for a couple curveballs. Um, the the first week is just like everybody's like running around with their heads cut off like as far as the administration side goes because you're trying to make sure everything's in order you know there's like some housekeeping stuff we obviously had to um you know take care of just so you know people had a schedule and stuff like that and uh or like an easy place to see the schedule i guess is a better way to put that and um yeah it's just like you know from here on it's kind of like all right well you're ready for almost anything all big emphasis on almost because some weird stuff can still happen obviously but Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like at this point, I think we've seen enough where, uh, between the hosts and the admin team, like we, you know, we'll be able to figure, figure out how to handle stuff from here on. <laughs> yeah. But there have definitely been, uh, curveballs, uh, you know, in week three, we had a few even in week two as well. And I won't get into any, any specifics, number one, cause it's not that interesting. Number two, I don't want to, you know, put anybody on blast or anything like that. Um, and no one should feel that way because, you know, things just come up, things happen. So we've been dealing with things that have been coming up. And uh, I know I do this all the time, but I got to get another huge shout out to our beloved admin team for the mentor tournament. All four of them are just so on top of it. And it's just so nice. I, I think about last year when I was like having to like step out of a dinner to like ping mentors and stuff like that. And just like what a terrible scenario that is to like this year when I'm like, lazily laying on the couch and i see that there was something came up and like before i can even type like one of our admins is taking care of it and it's like oh man so nice it's it's just so nice to have a team that is you know able to help out with this kind of stuff and it's definitely helping me with um you know this is this tournament is like twice as long maybe three times as long as when we had last year but i'm still just as excited now at this point and I have a feeling probably will be all the way through the end of brackets than than uh, than last year for sure, just because I was getting so burnt out because I was having to do everything, you know. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely a massive help. Yeah, um, yeah. Any uh, any sort of final thoughts on the mentor tournament before we before we uh, move on to the next thing? I feel like we ha- haven't didn't talk about this one as much this time. I don't know if there's not as much to say really because uh, we're just kind of chugging along. But um, what do you guys think? I mean, I think it's been going great. As you said, there's really not too much to say. People have been having their matches. It, it's working out like any other tournament has in the past, I would say. Uh, I think it's great that we've got a lot of new runners, a lot of new people getting their first chance to commentate or track or even restream. Uh, I think uh, I think we're doing a pretty good job getting people into the into the cogs of the rando community, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, that's what this is all about, and, you know, gaining a little bit of experience. I heard, I'll say this, this is, I guess, a little bit of motivation, but it's like, I heard something about, like, making progress, and I know a lot of runners want to get better, and it's like, uh, the summary of it is, um, you have to celebrate your wins, whether your win is making, like, 0.001% progress, or, like, 10% progress, or... 
50% progress, like to your goal. Like you just have to celebrate those wins and then keep using that as a building block. Like don't get frustrated if things aren't going the way you envisioned them. Just find at least one thing you've learned and improved upon and then keep improving upon that. And you'll, you know, you'll get there eventually. Yeah, that's really good advice. I like that a lot. I, I think it was my first race, which also happened to be restreamed to a very, very small audience in the Something Awful tournament community, community tournament. Um, I was beat by like 30 to 45 minutes, but I finished with like a 215. And at the time, that was a PB for me. Um, and so, yeah, it, it would have been easy to be like, oh, I, I got beat so bad. I suck. Like, I, I shouldn't race anymore. <laughs> but instead, it was like, well, a lot of things went wrong, and yet I still got a PB. So, like, maybe I should keep playing, you know? And I, I hope folks uh, take that same sort of get that same sort of takeaway from their races, even if they don't win, um, or even if it's not close, to be honest. You can still find a lot of great things in those, in those uh, runs, especially when mentors are involved and they're teaching things on the fly. Like, learning something during a race like that I, I imagine that has to stick with you uh I, i've never been yeah. in a mentored race situation but uh, you know it seems like those are the kinds of that's the kind of advice that you remember for a while as opposed to something you maybe like see a gif of in, in some random discord one time you know yeah definitely so but yeah that's going well and uh we're excited to see where all that goes we'll keep um covering that for you as as it goes along um we are moving to open mode. We've been playing Ambrosia Seeds the last three weeks. Uh, next, we're going to go up to open. So everybody uh, start practicing your swordless strats just in case. Your bomb <laughs> escapes. And your bomb escapes. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Okay, just a real quick mention of this. Uh, we talked about this pretty extensively last time, but the ALTTPR ladder uh, is releasing season two, or I guess I should say season two is starting uh, the day that this podcast comes out, which is June 24th, mm -hmm. right? Isn't that what we kind of figured out last time? Yep. 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 Cool. So just a quick mention, if you want to hear the specifics of that, go back and listen to our last episode. But uh, if you're listening to this and you forgot, uh, season two starts today. So fresh start, get in there and uh, get some races in. Heck uh, yeah. I finished season one, uh, three and seven. It was not a good time. <laughs> I, did, <laughs> I did poorly. And I lost several of those by like a minute or two. And that's never a good feeling. I just want but to point I, out, we're recording this yeah. on Saturday, so Temp has implied now that he is not going to race any other races. <laughs> um, so, uh, GG's to Temp for not doing any more races. <laughs> I'm, trying, know, I, I'm trying to fit I, one in, at least, before the, yeah. the season's over. Um, yeah, I'd like I'm to do at, one more. I'm sitting at 8-3 and three overall, which I feel like is okay, but the biggest gripe I have is that I absolutely hate ambrosia like mm. with a passion and i have played five of those out of the 11 i have done like those oh, are wow. the only ones that have lined up with my schedule the most and i'm just like oh this this is sad <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess you got me I, I didn't mean to imply that i'm done but i think i think i i kind of said what i meant when what and what i felt just there so yeah that's fair yeah. I might I might take a little break <laughs> up until then. There's other is always you know there's so many other seats and so many other opportunities to play this game. It shouldn't shouldn't always just be ladder, right? So. Right. I can I can see it now. Tuesday, Tim here saying, "Hey, I played another match <laughs> <laughs> and I lost." <laughs> of oh <course>. no. <laughs> uh, no, it's they're fun. Uh, you know, honestly, the exact same thing I just said about races for the mentor tournament. I do feel, at least for my last one. Um, 
which I lost by like a couple minutes um, or maybe like a minute and a half or so, I think. I remember thinking like, oh, man, that's close. And, and it's hard not to go back through your seat and be like, oh, if I would have done this, if I would have done that, you know, just one small little thing, I definitely would have would have won this one. But I also remember thinking my last seat, I, I played I played pretty good. I don't know. I, I felt like I played all right. Like I made some bad routing decisions, but, you know, rando gonna rando. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. You can never yeah. know. And I mean, really, if you look at it that way, the closer the race is, I know it feels bad because it's happened to me a bunch, but it just means the ladder is working because it's matched you up with someone who's roughly around your skill level. And so they were a minute faster. And maybe next time you'll be a minute faster. Hmm. That's a very good point. Very true. Cool. All right, so I want to next move on to talking a little bit about the Racing Council, and this is actually going to span a few different topics, but they have been making some moves lately, uh, and so we wanted to address each of those. First one, we'll just go ahead and get the, the unpleasant one out of the way, but as a community podcast, I feel like it is sort of our duty to... Um, announce you know these when they come up and I am talking about uh, there has been a, another ban within the community and uh, that person's name was Guay Label I'm not sure how to pronounce it exactly but G-U-A-Y L-A-B-E-L and uh, apparently they were found to be cheating in the francophone tournament so um, it's always unfortunate when this happens. Um, Dancy, as a council member, of course, you I know you were involved in this. I don't know how much you want to speak to it, and I definitely wouldn't blame you for not wanting to a whole lot. But um, any any you know thoughts or comments on this? I mean, anytime something like this comes up, it's uh, it's always tough. You know, whether it be uh, whether it be somebody you know personally or someone you don't know, you just you, you kind of hate to be the bad guy, like quote like to them at least. Um, obviously, you know, if they're cheating, they're being the bad guy too. So, um, it, it just feels weird, you know, having to be the one to, to let them know like, Hey, look, this is what's going on. Um, and this is what we found out. And, you know, you, you just don't want to be the bearer of bad news, we'll say for them. But, uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's tough. It's always tough to do this. It's a time investment as well. Um, just thankful that everybody, uh, pretty much on the council, you know, spent, some time to review all of the uh, the findings and uh, hopefully hopefully this is the only one of these we ever have like I have to do you know the, the there's one been one per term at this point and hopefully there's zero next term that's that's my hope is that uh, everybody stays upstanding mm-hmm. yeah well I hope that too <laughs> that would be really really nice <laughs> if, yeah. if all of the bad people could stop doing all of their bad things for just one freaking second that would be great (laughs) just in general just everyone just be cool please god um uh and then uh another thing that was sort of announced along with the racing council um sort of related to that uh and i'll let you explain this one a bit more just to make sure i don't botch it but there was essentially sort of like an decision for all bands to from now on count across all platforms all the different places that somebody could uh, appear to race a link to the past, you know, in the community. Can you can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So the idea behind this, um, so SRTV was a website that was used in the 2018 tournament, and from what I understand, the Francophone tournament is still using that. Um, there is, you know, some renovations being done to that as well. There's the, in, you know, the new Racetime.gg website that people are using and we're using for our tournament. And then there's SRL. Like those are the three platforms right now that 
you know, some communities use. We'll say like pretty much every community uses one of those three. Um, and we didn't want like our rulings to be, you know, if we're doing it for the competitive racing scene, uh, we, you know, whether SRL points are magic beans to you or if they are, um, you know, the, the thing that gives you drive to, you know, get better at the game, people take them competitively whether you do or not so that's you know we look at it like the racing platforms as a uh, a competitive scene rather than like a casual thing even if you're just doing casual races so the idea is we didn't want like race time to become the wild west where if you know you get convicted of something on srl then you just go run out to the wild west and you know we don't have any jurisdiction um uh, it sounds like we're just trying to take over when I word it that way, and it's really not the case. It's just we want to make it an even playing field for you know all of the the upstanding you know community members, and um, yeah, it, that was kind of the 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 spirit behind that is just to make sure that you know new runners like because all of our runners for this tournament are pretty much new. They're on you know we're using race time. It's a new platform, and if you know if we had like. Not that we did, but if we had, like, a, a band person or persons just start, like, trying to infiltrate races, you know, it would be kind of problematic, I think. So, that's kind of the, the thought and the spirit behind that. Hopefully, hopefully that long, you know, long-winded um, <laughs> explanation makes sense. No, uh, that that's great. That, uh, like, Wild West analogy, I'm, I'm still kind of churning over that one. I think that's that's a really interesting way to frame it. Because I think when somebody is banned from one and they find out, oh, like I, I've never even used racetime.gg and, and now I can't use it at all. Like you're not going to let me use it and, and race. Like what, what gives? It can feel like, you know, a trial without a jury kind of thing where it's like, how can how can I be judged on my behavior in this site that I've never even used before kind of thing. But when you put it the way you do and say like, OK, if you look at all of these like their states you know, if you're committed, if, if you're convicted of a federal crime, like you can't just hop over to another state and it's cool now, you know, like it that needs to come with you. That needs to be carried. So um, I think practically and when you look at it sort of through through that kind of scope, it, it makes a lot of sense. And it might be one of those things that people just like assumed was the case already. So I think it was good to even just put something out there and say, no, look, if you do something as bad as, say, cheat and there's evidence and you're caught for it like that, you, you can't just walk away from that one like it didn't happen. You know, that's going to follow you from platform to platform. Yeah, our thing kind of as well is like the racing council is not the SRL council, you know, and um you know, our job is to set the rules. Well, it's like you, instead of using bands, you could say, "Well, just because the SRL, excuse me, the SRL rules are one thing, we can just do whatever the heck we want on race time." And it's like, no, that's not really how this works. Like, if you're going to competitively race the randomizer, you're going to do it. We want we want to you know do it within the bounds of like the intended rule set. You know, for racing, and obviously you can set your you know your goal and whatever is allowed you know you can put all those stipulations in there if you want to do an out of the way rule set or a custom rule set that's entirely fine but um you know not just with the bands or anything but more so like just an even playing field so it's like hey are we racing on srl we do in race time we do an srtv what's the deal you know the community just knows what the rules are and you do that um or you just pick your platform to race on yeah 
Um, Herf, I want to give you an opportunity to weigh in. What do you think about all this? I mean, I, I think it was good that they put something out about this. I think this is the right way to go about it. Uh, I think you covered most of it already. I, uh, I was kind of under the impression, or at least I was not under the impression because I knew it wasn't the case, but I was kind of hoping this would come to be the case. Just because, as you guys said, it makes sense to me. If you cheat somewhere in a tournament, be it the francophone tournament, the main tournament, the spoiler lock tournament, whatever tournament, and you're banned from one platform for cheating, then what says, you know, you're not going to do it on the other platform as well just because you're not banned there yet? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to be a part of all this mess, they are currently accepting applications for the third term. Uh, there are going to be some folks, I understand, who are stepping down, uh, and there will be some spaces left on the council. Um, so I actually checked out the form. It's just, what's your name? And just there's just like one text box. It's just like, how you feel about things? And uh, I think that's pretty pretty brilliant. You know, you can learn a lot about what somebody, not just what they say, but what they decide to talk about, you know, with something like that. So that should give you some interesting submissions. How Do you know how long that form is going to be open, Dante? Um, a few weeks. A few um, weeks. Okay, so people, folks got some time. It'll probably be posted again um, at some point, you know, just to ping everyone again. Um, they, we, I think last time they pinged it a few times just to get some you know visibility on it and um but yeah like i mean we did you know there are bad things you have to do with council and you will get blamed for literally everything by everyone (laughs) there i mean literally if you go to the racing council channel there are more people with an opinion um than i think actually race and that's totally fine um it's just it, it you you have to have some tough skin or thick skin i think because if you take everything personally, it, it's it's going to be really draining for you. Um, and that, that's not saying we're going to just, you know, ignore folks' opinion. But um, yeah, you, you have to have thick skin. Yeah, I think you, you really have to be motivated by a love for the community and wanting to make sure that it's pointed in a direction that you can feel comfortable with. And like that really has to be your main motivation. Um, you don't do it for the glory. Don't don't do it so you can tell people you're on it because that you're not going to have a good time. Is kind of what I've gotten out of it. Yeah, I mean it's it's not a clout thing. Like you're not going to get like massive Twitch followers because right. you're on the racing council. You know that's that's not how it works, and it's not for that. It's it's because you really, if you care about the racing community and you want to, you know, if there's a change you want, then. Um, you know that this is how you can be a part of it you know it's kind of like running for you know city council so to speak yeah yeah. and and it's not that like hey we're the ones in charge so we're making the rules it's just like you know we can kind of see what the community's saying and base our votes on things you know on that but um but yeah it's like if you want to change something this is like it's a literally an easy free way like six month commitment and Honestly, it's not like you have to talk in a ra- in a, a channel every day. It's just kind of like browse. If you're browsing discords frequently anyway, then this is like perfect for you. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right, let's uh, let's move on. What do we have next, Dante? Uh, we have the really fast tournament mentions. Um, so we mentioned the uh, all dungeons tournament, the vanilla all dungeons tournament uh, recently. 
And uh, that has finally concluded. So, spoilers. Uh, Bwayne has taken the title in the All Dungeons tournament, edging out Aerie in finals. GG Bwayne! So, uh, Bwayne actually was into the finals match um, with uh, no losses. It was a single race, double elim, you know, every match. And uh, Aerie actually reset the bracket on Bwayne, so it was a winner-take-all scenario in their Game 2 um, and uh, it was super close, uh, very, very entertaining to watch these guys execute in all dungeons. And uh, Bwayne took it, uh, took it to the to the house, so to speak, and um, got got it done. So GG's to Bwayne, GG's to Ari for getting second. Uh, the the field for yeah. that tournament was just really uh, extensive. Also. Dang. I don't know, but we'll have to dig. You know, we mentioned back in January about a potential NMG Prodigy tournament at the conclusion of the All Dungeons tournament. So I don't, I haven't heard anything. People have asked me, and I haven't heard anything additional about it. But maybe that's something on the radar. And if it is, then I'll, we're, I'm going to be asking around, see if I can find some more info. And uh, hopefully that comes to fruition. I'd love to be a part of that if, if possible. But um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Also, uh, in the randomizer action, kind of a little uh, side quest, the SMZ3 tournament that just got started not too terribly long ago is at finals as well. At recording this, uh, it is Solsky versus Ajder, which I think that's the way to pronounce his name correctly. Hmm. Um, and all of them have been best of ones up until now. Finals is a best of three. So, spoilers again, Solsky as of Friday night is up 1-0. So I'm going to pass it on over to Tuesday Temp to tell us who the winner is right now. All right, let's hit that pause button. Tuesday Temp is here. Hey, guys. Tuesday Temp here to deliver the goods as promised. The SMZ3 tournament has indeed concluded. And congratulations to Solsky. GG and well done. Winner of 125 bucks for that. You know what I always say, anytime you can make money off of playing video games good, that's a win any way you slice it. Okay, now since I'm here, I'm just going to use this opportunity to bring you one more quick news story. On Monday, June 22nd, a hotfix was released bringing us to ALTTPR v 31.0.5. It's mostly minor updates, but here are the highlights. The title screen delay introduced in V31.0.3 has been restored to vanilla behavior, so that means no more save and quit delay. Yes! Oh my god, that's so good. I love it. We're all very, very happy that uh, we're, we're finally back here. The other really nice quality of life improvement, long awaited, is now items found in a dark room without lamp will always appear. That's been a big problem for many of us in the past, especially those who are in favor of auto-tracking. So uh, we'll have to see how that develops. Besides that, there's some minor logic fixes and some difficulty setting adjustments and stuff like that. And then there's 54 new sprite options. Uh, let's see, there's some pretty cool stuff here. Angry Video Game Nerd, that's pretty cool. Uh, Charizard, two Deadpools. Man, I know Herf would have a field day with some of these. Uh, I see an astronaut guy here that has definitely caught my interest in the top right. All right, I'm calling dibs on this guy right now. Everybody else, hands off. Tuesday temp out. Mic drop. Thank you, Tuesday temp. God, you sound so handsome. He you sounds just, great. 
He sounds like <laughs> such a good and cool guy. He's um, what a good guy. He's yeah. cool. He does he does a lot of the unsung work of everything, you know. He's getting like a lot more podcast. vocal about it. <laughs> <laughs> As he should. No, I've actually I've been working on ways to make the editing process faster. Actually, shout outs to Fear Agent, who uh, has a long-standing, long-running podcast of his own. I'll link in the description. It's actually been helping me out with some editing techniques, and uh, it's making it making it a lot easier. So I appreciate that. Um, well, thank you, Dancy, for that quick uh, update uh, for things around the tournament. We have a bad habit of mentioning that a tournament is starting and then like not talking about it at all after that. So I, I greatly appreciate the follow-up, see how, how all these uh, play out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, we've probably missed another tournament we plugged. I just know that that's the ones... The, the, I was interested in those. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, spoilers still happening. Um, Francophone tournament and the Spanish tournament. Uh, those the winners of both of those, I believe, get flown to Speed Gaming Live, uh, which we've talked about. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's they're yeah. still ongoing, so mm -hmm. we'll see who who wins those. We'll we'll keep up with it. Yep. Um, all right, let's do uh, real quick GMP community updates. So our episode 49 seed was the Vanilla Swords one, and that was fun. I don't know. I don't really have too much to say about it. I think it was pretty straightforward. I think I ended up like in the middle of the leaderboard as as per usual, which I'm comfortable being at. Um, did you, either of you guys get a chance to play this one? Nope. I did not, unfortunately. So, so I got better times than both of y'all? You did. Of course. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So episode 50, God, I wish we could make it like the practice hack yeah kind of i <laughs> was know? just thinking maybe let's just do you know a normal open seat or something like that and then tell people to do as many of the tricks as they can i'm good with that that's about the best i can think yeah. of yeah i like doing an open 7-7 defeat cannon uh having that sort of be the default you know it's mm -hmm. just good good like baseline or whatever what do you think dante uh that works for me cool all right we'll do that all right, done. Easy peasy. Uh, obviously, you know, with the mentor tournaments going on, our Discord is uh, larger than it's ever been. I think we're close to like 450 folks in there, which is mind blowing. I think we were like just under 300 before this all started uh, by all this. I mean, the tournament. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a great place to hang out. Uh, consider joining our Discord and, and chatting with us and watching some of these races. Uh, like I said, there was a tie the other day, so it's pretty sweet. Um, okay, let's get into our segment here, uh, uh, into our feature, I should say. Anything that we need to say to set it up, we'll just do in the feature itself. So uh, let's... Um, so, okay, I don't want to ask for the for the slide whistle, but I have been seeing people talking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's Everywhere. not happening. Everyone is clamoring about the All slide right. whistle. They love it. All right, I got you. No, I got you. I oh, ooh. Do -do -do -do. Beautiful. Yep. That was better than any slide whistle I could have done. <laughs> there was a lot of passion in there. I heard it. I do it just to not have people tune out in disappointment. I do have the slide whistle planned for later, but not for right now. Okay. That's a nice teaser. So uh, you have to keep listening to the episode if you want to hear it. All right. Uh, so now, yeah. All right. Let's go. Okay, so uh, 
as we mentioned in our last episode, we got that wonderful email from Brushy Sunshine uh, asking us to revisit our top 10. And we revealed that that's something we had been discussing already. Uh, we had a few people mention it in, in Discord. We've had a few people kind of just like bring it up over the years since we did our last one, which, by the way, when we did our last one, we were closer to the beginning the, the the beginning of the run of this podcast than we were to where we are now uh so it's it's definitely long overdue to be updated talking of course about our top 10 a link to the past randomizer tricks worth learning so the idea of putting this list together was to help newer players prioritize practice time if and when they do decide to bust out a practice hack and say they're in a race and something happens to them and they realize, if only I knew that, if only I knew this, I could have saved a ton of time in this particular seed. And then they do decide to go actually, you know, play something outside of a race setting or outside of a timed seed. It, I think it can be kind of overwhelming to figure out, okay, where do, where do I start? What is the most important thing? What's going to save me the most time? What's the easiest to learn? You know, there's a lot of different kind of criteria for these sort of things. But I think it's good to just have like a... a a general list of, you know, a few tricks to prioritize. And I think the idea is once you get comfortable with, you know, most of the ones that are in the top 10, you'll feel a lot more comfortable and you'll probably feel more motivated to learn additional tricks or maybe even kind of go beyond tricks and start learning a little bit more about the game and the mechanics and, you know, trying to get, you know, squeeze uh, everything you can out of every single room and and optimize, you know, uh, really tightly. So uh, we're doing it again. We're coming back and we're updating the list. But this time, instead of just having the three of us kind of arguing about it, which is what her, myself and Axial did when we came up with this the first time, I wanted to kind of put a different spin on it and I wanted to open it up. So what I did is earlier this week on Monday, the what was that, the 15th? Yeah, Monday the 15th of June, I released a Google form on our Discord and Twitter, on Reddit. Um, I think that was it. I think it was just those three. But uh, we, I, I just asked the community, I said, what What do you think about uh, the tricks in A Link to the Past randomizer? Which ones would you prioritize as the most important, the second most important, third, fourth, fifth? I asked them to submit their five most important, the first one being a special designation, the second and third place tricks being a special designation, and then fourth and fifth, um, kind of being separate from those top three. So uh, we put this form out, and we had 131 people respond with their top, second and third, and fourth and fifth prioritized most important A Link to the Past randomizer tricks to learn. And we've aggregated all of that data and used that to put together a top 10 list from those votes. So this is not just us telling you what we think and what we recommend to practice. This is the community collectively coming together and saying for many reasons, for various reasons, everyone had their own you know, criteria more or less that they used. These are the tricks that are the most essential to getting faster when playing Link to the Past randomizer. So we're going to go over that. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So um, let's just look at our setup here. I think I've talked about most of this. Uh, so for the form that I put out, we I had this idea, um, like I said, on Monday, and I wanted to get it out there. So uh, Dancy was uh, not available when all of this was going down. So I came <laughs> up with the idea, put together the list, and then sent it, sent it out there. 
Um, and it was a little bit sloppy the way that I, you know, we collected the data. I think it worked. I think I, we got everything we needed, which is fine, but it was not exactly perfect. And we'll, I think we'll expose some of the imperfections of my data collection as we get a little further into the episode. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to say, I don't really, uh, I hear all of your criticisms and that's fine, but, um, it's fine. It's fine. It worked out. Okay. So just relax. That's what I say to everyone who wanted to criticize my data collection methods. Um, Dante, do you have anything you want to say at this point? Um, there are some things that are obviously broken out, super specific, <laughs> that personally I I wanted them grouped together. Uh, mm-hmm. But we'll we'll get into that later. Not a big deal. Yeah. And you were not the only one too. And I and I'm I, I, to be very honest, like. When I heard the criticisms, I was like, ah, damn it. Like, I, if I would have thought of it, I would have put it in the form. I just, you know, I wanted to get it out quickly. And there were definitely better ways. And I got a lot of suggestions on Reddit, too. <laughs> um, big surprise. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so anyway, just just all that to say that, um, you know, the yeah, to, to Dante's point, I we did break these out. I tried to get as specific as possible with every single trick. I broke out all the dark rooms into individual uh, items. All of the bomb jumps are separate. I even put like ridiculous glitches that I knew no one would vote for just for the sake of completion. But the unfortunate part of that is in an attempt to be as complete as possible, I even still missed some and I even missed some important ones. So we'll talk about those uh, a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, it, it, it is what it is. It worked out okay. Um, all right. So let's let's talk about how we're going to get into this. So we'll we'll reveal each of these from 10 down to one. And as we do, we'll talk a little bit about the voting around it, you know, how many people put it as their first, uh, how many people, you know, maybe made a comment about it. By the way, in this form, I put a little comment section so people could defend one of the tricks. So we'll read a few of those. Um, They're all anonymous. Um, And uh, just kind of discuss the trick, maybe briefly talk about how to do it. A A lot of these we've definitely covered in past episodes, and it should be pretty easy to go back and hear us talk about each of them in depth by just matching up the episode title to the trick name, more or less. But, um, you know, so we're not going to go, like, super in-depth. I am also going to link in the description a page of all of these listed out that you can share uh, and use as a reference, and that will have links to YouTube videos and tutorials and Wikipedia pages and stuff like that. So we're not going to get into the execution of them too much here. We're just going to talk about how they made the list and what, you know, our thought, general thoughts on our, you know, are on them. So, um, but uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I've got one more thing here, but I think I'll actually kick it down the road because I want to get into this list. I think we put it off long enough. So are you guys ready? Yeah, it's time. Yes. Okay, cool. Let's do it. All right, awesome. Let's start with trick number 10. Who wants to reveal trick number 10? So, uh, trick number 10, diver down, back, and left side swamp. So, like, basically, diver down collectively. Yeah, and I split those up on the form, but then after seeing the voting come in, sort of making it made an executive decision to... I mean, I think they should be combined if when we're talking about practicing, if you practice one, it's very, very easy to just walk to the other area, practice the other one. And it's almost an identical motion that you're going to take between the two. So if you're going to set those up, it's with bombs or the cane. It's basically the exact same premise for both. So I do think those should be combined together. Were you guys surprised to see Diver Down make the top 10? No, Uh, really? Not really. 
I was a little surprised. I, I figured top 15. Um, and I think throughout the week, as responses were coming in, it actually increased in stance. It was one of the ones that kind of slowly rose uh, and made its way to the top 10 and, and just kind of barely made the cut at 10. Um, but we had one, uh, two people uh, list that Diver Down was the most important glitch or trick to learn. Um, one for left side swamp and one for back. Uh, and then we had uh, a total of 11 people put it in their second or third place. And then, uh, let's see, eight people put it in their fourth or fifth place slot uh, for a total of um, what Diver Down Back got 20 votes. And then Diver Down Left Side Swamp got uh, 16, or no, I'm sorry, points. Uh, not votes, but points. And, and I should uh, explain this real quick. Uh, I, I used a very, very simple, basic weighting method for this. I, if somebody gave it a first place vote, I gave it three points. Uh, for second and third, I gave it two. And for fourth and fifth was just one. Um, so through that logic, uh, Diver Down received 20 votes uh, for the back version and Left Side Swamp received 16 points. I think I said votes again, but points is what I mean to say. Um so yeah, there you have it. Number 10, Diver Down. Uh, we covered this in our March 2020 glitches episode pretty extensively. I think we even mentioned it a little bit when we had Kern on talking about water glitches and it was still kind of new. Um, but it obviously lets you skip large swatches of uh, Swamp Palace, which feels good, man. Uh, no one likes to spend too much time in there. Uh, it makes Left Side Swamp as, as an option a little bit more attractive because you can skip a lot of the screens that are normally required without it. Um, and every time you go to the back, if you pull it off first time or even second time, it'll save you a oodles of time going on your way to Argus. So it is a good glitch. Mm -hmm. it'll definitely save you time. Uh, I, I think it, it ultimately does make sense that it's here. And that's that's our number 10. That's Diver Down. All right. Next up, Herf, why don't you tell us about uh, trick number nine on our top 10? Yeah, so trick number nine is one where I'm not really surprised that it's on the top 10 list, but I'm surprised how it got there if I'm looking at our response sheet or our tally <laughs> yeah. up votes. So trick number nine is the Hera Pot, which, uh, you know, very useful for uh, being able to skip a lot of Tower of Hera and potentially the big chest, which might come back to haunt you. Um, we had... Nobody put it as their first place vote, which is what I meant when I said I was surprised to see this in the top 10 list or how it got yeah. there. Yeah. <clears throat> so people obviously think it's, it's somewhere in their top five, but apparently nobody thinks, uh, thinks it's that important that it needs to be number one. We've got, let me see here, three people who put it as their number two and three and 15 people who put it in their fifth uh, or fourth spot for a total number of 21 points. So just, you know, barely eking out the diver down back. Uh, but since we combined them anyway, it's a little further or a little, a little below it. Yeah. And I just wanted to quickly say, you know, so this top 10 list, we did put out the call for people to vote. Um, but uh, I was prepared to editorialize this list if need be. You know, if if for some reason it ended up we had something that just made absolutely no sense in the top 10, we I would have disclosed that and then maybe replaced it and discussed that. That being said, I think that I think that the community more or less got it right. Uh, I, and, you know, without even saying the rest of the tricks, I just wanted to put in that disclaimer. And, and maybe we should back up real quick and I'll ask you guys, do you do you guys feel like this list is is good? 
Yeah, I, I feel like for the top 10, it's pretty all right. Maybe not my top 10, mm-hmm. but close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's fair. What, Dancy, what about you? I, sh- I should ask this at the beginning. I apologize. But what do you think of this list? Uh, hmm. I, I have a lot of thoughts, but um, it's uh, it, it's good. It's good, but I don't think it's it's not mine, like Herf said. Okay. All right. Well, maybe after we go through the whole thing, we can d- dissect that a little bit. I'm interested to get more details there. Um, with that, let's move on to number eight. Uh, our number eight uh, uh, out of the top ten glitches worth learning, according to the ALTTPR community, is the pod dark maze. Um, so this was in our original top 10. This is the first repeat that's come back. Um, I don't remember where we had it last year, but this year we have eight. I think it was around that, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is definitely useful. Um, of all of the different uh, resources that you can have up while you play, the only the, the one that I have every single time, without exception, is a Dark Maze map. Uh, and, and honestly, at this point, I've been doing it for so long, I, I probably don't even actually need it anymore. I, sh- I should try without it just to see. But um, I, I think that should tell you like how important it was to me. I think this is a good like intermediate glitch. I, you know, once this makes sense that it's eight, because I think if you learn one through seven, this should this should be the next one. I think it actually kind of worked out that that way um, to where it's certainly not highest priority. Um, you know, that's, it's very easy to argue against that because, you know, you can always just wait until you get the lamp. And of course it's going to take a little more time, but, um, it's not like mandatory that you know this by any means. And it is kind of tough. I mean, you are going to have to practice it. It'll probably take you a good, you know, 10 to 15 minutes to, to get, and then much longer than that to get good. Um, but uh, it does make a lot of sense. You can you can uh, consider pod and get a lot more items uh, a lot earlier, and you don't have to worry about having the lamp if you know this pod dark maze. Um, so it it makes a lot of sense. Pod is a a popular pick for early dark world stuff, and there's a lot of items in there. So this this one makes sense. We had two people put it as their number one, four people listed as their second and third, and eleven people listed as their fourth and fifth. So that was the pod dark maze. Any final thoughts before we move on to our number seven? I uh, I put this as my number one because I wanted to put dark rooms, like period, dark rooms, um, as my number one. But what I did was I just said, let's pick the hardest dark room that people struggle with the most. And that's why I picked that one. Um, and it, my thought with that is it's kind of a scenario of... Um, Dark Maze is specific to what? Two items and the big chest. Uh, but Dark Rooms as a whole, I mean, we've seen seeds constantly where the getting the lamp logically is a huge, huge time sink. And if you can just do things in the dark, um, sword or no sword, then, you know, you save an exponential amount of time. And uh, that's that's kind of my thought, my, my thought reasoning with that, I guess, is... Uh, you know, if you know the dark rooms, you potentially can save tons of time. Um, and dark maze, obviously, being like I said, one of the harder ones, super easy to get lost in if you're not familiar with it. So, or to die in. Yeah, that that too. Um, the only dark room that's not like high priority is Aga. You know, and that's you know, it's kind of the consensus. It's still one that you would want to practice occasionally in my mind, but just in case that comes up, like if you're playing all dungeons or something, but it's not um, 
you know, it's not as essential as the rest, I think. Mm-hmm. This one got uh, 25 points, by the way. So Diver Down was 20, Harapot was 21. This one had 25. So even with Dante's number one vote, it still would have w- didn't change the order of where this one came down. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's a, I mean, I hear you when it comes to dark mazes or, or dark rooms. Um, and I think, again, yeah, kind of like at the end, we'll we'll talk about the, the way that this is broken out and, and get, get kind of more critical of the list as, as a whole. Um, cool. Okay. So the next one, actually, I'm skipping because we're going to do another combination of glitches, but just know there's sort of another one here. Uh, but skipping over that, we move on to our number seven. And number seven on our list of tricks to learn is the Mountain Pass Dark Room. Uh, so this one was voted as the most important by two people. Uh, it got second and third place votes by 14 and fourth and fifth votes by 16. So pretty, pretty consistently in the top five for, um, quite a, quite a few people. I, uh, this one surprised me that it made it at first, but then the more I thought about it, I was like, actually that makes perfect sense. And I think probably a lot of people who voted for this one are people who are newer to the community because, as I thought about it, um, I do remember this being a, a problem, you know, in like my second or third seed where I was like, you know, I know that it's possible to go up there and commentators and races always talk about how easy it is to learn and how important it is. Uh, I just haven't done it yet. And, you know, there would be a seed that would come up where suddenly I'm missing out on a ton of items and I have to go do Aga when I could have probably easily sequence broke up to the mountain and, and got some stuff. So it it feels arbitrary because it is so easy, I think, to people who have been playing for a long time. But when you go back and think about being brand new to this game, I mean, you have to learn it. Like, you're, you're not just going to know it. You you have to see what the room looks like not in the dark a few times and then kind of memorize the directions to hold. Especially if you don't have a sword, it can be kind of hard. So I, I like that this one is on the list. It makes sense to me being on here. Um, I think the placement is just about right. This one got 50 points. Uh, and yeah, that is the Mountain Pass Darkroom. What do you guys think about this one? I'm surprised yeah, it's here. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Insane. That's all I'll say. No, it's fine. Uh, yeah, I was going to say pretty much the same. I think it, it kind of makes sense in a way, but in a different kind of way, I feel like it's such a... Uh, how do I put this? I don't know. I don't want to say it's such a gimme, but it's just something that's... It doesn't rank very highly for me. You get one item out of it, and if it's if you don't already have the lamp, or if it's not already in logic, then you probably got up there with the flute. And that I don't know. I feel like other things should be more important than that in my head. I mean, if you have the hook shot and gloves, like that's more than just one item. Well, fair. That I mean, that's a fair point. Um... I don't know. This is where uh, I go back to my argument of the the dark room combining. But since we're not, I'll say this mm-hmm. one is more important than you know what. No, than, let's get let's get into this right now. No, while, no, no, while, no. While we're no, 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 no. Let's do it. Let's do it. While while we're like on it, we're talking about it. Here's why I split them up because you can't learn one dark room and take those skills and. and take and put them on another dark room you you have to pick one before you pick another so you have to prioritize and that's what this list is all about is prioritizing things so yeah you could do all the all the dark rooms you could sit down in an afternoon and learn all the dark rooms but you have to start with one of them so that's what we're doing is we're listing them we're ordering them right now right is am i wrong 
I mean, no, that's 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 one, that's a fair way of assessing it. I think. I mean, that that would be like um, someone saying, you know, I'm going to practice bosses, and then being very general. So I can see where you're coming from. Um, I don't know. My, my thought with that is, I mean, Mountain Pass one. It's it's surprising for me to see it there because it is one of the easiest ones, unless it's Enemizer, which you know, as Temp loves, I like to throw the random modes in there. <laughs> but if it's open standard mode, whatever, you know, seven seven defeat Ganon, it's always really easy. Um, I'd say it's easier than the Eastern Palace Dark Room, like the 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 first one, you know, where sure. you get the small key. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I'll agree that you could sequence break up there. Um, and if you have the hook, you know, to, to accommodate or the mirror and hammer, you know, to get to East Death Mountain, then yes, uh, it, it is a very valuable play. And a lot of times that is a huge risk reward scenario because sometimes if the lamp or and or the flute are really late in the, the spheres of like the logic, then basically you can the only thing you can kind of, you know, learn from that is the mountain's probably useless. Uh, and I say probably very um, loosely, uh, for lack of a better word. Like, it's just sometimes, I mean, I've lost races because I sequence broke the mountain and mm. wasted time up there. And it was literally nothing but, like, rupees, arrows, bombs, hearts. Like, that's it. Um, so it, it, it's a very, I think it's not a high risk, high reward, but it's, a, you know, you have to know when your sequence breaks are, like, uh, you have to know when they're good to do, when they're good to not do, and a lot of times it's just a gut feeling. So that that yep. that's in in a lot of words that is my uh, hot take with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I I don't disagree with anything that you just said. Here's another thing to keep in mind is like what is the what is the potential pain of not knowing something? You know, like this i think not knowing if you can try for a second to bring yourself back to when you first were playing this game not knowing how to get up to the mountain and seeing on your tracker that there's like 12 like items that are up there feels bad you and and it, it should be a motivator for you to take the time to figure it out someday soon so that it doesn't happen to you again yeah. That's why I think it's important. It, that That's why I would prioritize it on a top 10 list of like, if you are finally feeling motivated to open up the prac hack uh, and, and work on your hobby, basically, and not just, you know, be okay with being bad. This is something that you're going to have to spend two to five minutes on. And that's, that's probably all it takes. But like, you do have to do it. And that's why I do consider it a trick. And, and I separate it from others. That's fair. I mean, I'll, I'll I'll concede that. That is fair. So, so I, I win. I win this one. I'll I'm win. the winner. He, he, win. he wins. <laughs> you right should here. not have said that, Dante. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, Herf, do you want to take on our next one? Sure. So number six is one that I'm surprised isn't a little higher, to be honest. Same. But uh, we've got our master sword Ganon here. Yep. Uh, at number six, total of fifty-three points. Uh, 15, no, sorry, five people thought uh, it should be the number one learn to learn trick, I guess. The number one trick worth learning, which, you know, I can definitely see. I was one of those five. Gotta, that's that's what I voted oh, as yeah, for my really? number one. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we've got 13 people who put it in their second or third place and 12 people put it fourth or fifth place. 
And uh, yeah, as I was saying earlier, I think uh, I'm a little surprised that it's not at least one or two spots higher. Because Master Sword Ganon, you know, it's not super hard. And it doesn't come up, like, extremely regularly. But once you're in that situation and you're not practiced, it can take a lot out of you. It takes a lot of magic if you don't get, you know, if you don't prepare yourself right or mess up a little bit. You can bump into the fire bats or into Ganon, take a lot of damage there. It's uh, it's just not a fun situation. Definitely. Yeah, as I said, I voted this one number one. My logic being that it essentially cuts out uh, two items that you might have to worry about getting. I, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch to say that because it's really just one, that being one of the progressive swords. Um, it's not like anyone's, uh, you know, looking for that butter sword to beat the game. But I again, going back to when you're brand new, um, you know, you might feel like you need as much ammo as possible to beat Ganon. And when I was talking about uh, when you finally have that breaking point where you say, all right, damn it, I'm actually going to download and open the practice hack because I'm tired of being so slow all the time and, and getting beat in every race. When you finally have that pain point and you do that, when, when that happened to me, I should say Master Sword Ganon was the first thing that I personally practiced because there were a couple seeds where I had to run around and look for an extra sword because I didn't know how to do Master Sword Ganon. And I just... I, I have the memory of like having to run around looking for a sword when I knew I should fully be able to beat the game right now. And it was that like um, dissatisfaction that drove me to finally practice. So for this, this was a really big one for me. Um, and I uh, was also surprised it wasn't higher. This one I think we had as like number two on our list last year. Yeah, it was definitely top three, I believe. Yeah. So, but yeah, definitely, I mean, without a doubt, deserves to be top 10. I think everyone should spend some time on this. Um, you're, you'll see coming up, a lot of the tricks are about eliminating an item from go mode, um, or at least a few of them here coming up. Uh, and I, we've said time and time on this show, I, I think those are the most valuable because they they cut a whole item out. You can You can go to the end of the game without having to keep looking for something. And I think that's always huge whenever you're looking at a situation like that. Cool. All right. So uh, I wanted to take a quick break from our our list here and fully admit, cop up to um, totally spacing and forgetting on the inclusion of a few of the tricks. Like I said, I was trying to be as thorough as possible. I, I missed some. And most of them are not a big deal, but there's at least one that uh, might have even like made it to top 15 or 20 had I included it, because some people actually did write it in. Uh, two people actually wrote it in, um, and and I, I definitely missed it. So at this time, I would like to take a look back in memoriam of tricks that Tim forgot to include in his form that he sent out to the community. <laughs> <clears throat> Laser bridge skip. Kern jump. Samaria Magic Refill. Pod Camera Unlock Clip. Wait, we forgot that one? <laughs> yeah, no, that was the big one. That was the one that I forgot. <laughs> that was really bad. Yeah, that that is a very useful trick that I totally spaced on. Two people wrote that one in. Um, 
Oops. You need to put yeah. a record scratch there. Like I, I need a. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, I think I will I will do that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what else to say other than I, I'm sorry. Uh, my my apologies to Kern. I did not mean to forget your trick. It is very useful and it deserved to be on this list. I just plum forgot. And I even tried to you know I sent the list to a few people to for a QR and I'm not blaming them because I gave them all like an hour to look over it and they were all busy. <laughs> so like I'm like hey could you look at this and tell me if I forgot anything like you know it's not there's not their fault but yeah I forgot a few and that's my bad but I still feel good about the list overall so it's it's not too big of a deal um, and there was one other one I didn't forget this one necessarily but uh, a lot of people mentioned it uh, in our discord and also I think on reddit we had a few folks mention this um, and that is rather than learning all of the various bomb jumps uh, instead taking that time to learn a bomb jump spin setup that helps tremendously with lining up pixels for a bomb jump can I pass it over to one of you to kind of uh, briefly describe what this trick is? Are you guys familiar with this? Yeah, I mean, I, I am, use it. I'm I'm not a fan, so uh, it's got to be Dante okay. or me shitting on it. Interesting. Here. Okay, now I want to know why Herf isn't a fan of... Yeah, Dante, you explain it, and then Herf, tell us why it sucks. All right, so the it, it does take a little extra time um, to do, but it's... Uh, it's easier than it sounds okay so what you want to do is charge your sword up and um walk near your pit and then there's a timing to this doing the practice hack once you do it once or twice you're really going to be like oh i get it now um because for a for the longest time i was like man this feels weird i just didn't have the timing down um basically you want to almost walk yourself off the pit but as you think you're about to fall you let go of your sword spin and you'll see Link kind of doing his little whoa, 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 stuttering thing with his feet. Like the you vacuum know. that yeah. like sucks you into the pit, yeah. And then what you're going to want to do while spinning is hold the opposite direction. And this is kind of, that the timing kind of goes into play when you're letting go of the spin. And now also again, when you're letting go of your opposite direction. But as the spin's concluding, you kind of hold down, let go of all the buttons. And then you'll be right on the edge, like on the pixel perfect edge of the gap. And then you can place your bomb uh, as long as you're facing the right way, that's important. Uh, and it'll just knock you across. And a lot of people use that for um, the Tower of Hera setup because obviously it's very punishing if you fall uh, the two stories from trying to get that big chest. It's useful in entrance if you just have a lamp and you wanna you know, do the back of Skull Woods, and it's also useful if you want to quickly get the Skull Woods big chest, stuff like that. Um, it's not as useful for the Ice Palace bomb jump because you have a second portion with that, so I don't really like using it for that particular one. Um, but if you're having trouble getting on that left edge, it's useful for that. But that's that's kind of a very hard, like a very bad way of explaining it, probably. But that's kind of what we're going with. No, that was good. And uh, of course, you know, like I mentioned, we'll have that link in the description of all of these tricks and resources to, you know, investigate them further. And I'll put something on there uh, for that as well. So uh, look under the um, other bomb jumps that make the list and there'll be a link there. Um, so Herf, what are your, what's your beef uh, with the bomb jump spin setup? I mean, the spin setup and everything is fine. I don't think it sucks. I just think it's wildly overrated. Mm. Uh, here's my two experiences I've had with this the couple of times I tried it. All right, let's try this highly overrated trick. Ooh, I fell into the pit. What a pity. Okay, let's try this highly overrated trick again. Oh, no, I walked 12 pixels to the right because I held right for a little bit too long. 
So if you're not a tiny little baby man, just learn your bomb jump setups <laughs> and don't bother with this crap. Savage. Wow. That that's that's harsh. A lot of people use that. Wow. Yeah, well, learn to cheat better. <laughs> Got him. Hey, some Got people em. actually call that, uh, and I think Trinex is the one who told me this, because uh, he, he was watching me one time trying to hover a gap, and I had bombs, and he's like, what are you doing? Um, and I mean, he was right. But he just said, come on, spin to win. Spin to win. And spin that's, to win. that's literally a way to, uh, to look at it. Nice. Um, this is not something I've really... <laughs> done before i've seen people do it and been like what's that all about but i've never opened it up myself but uh now i'm definitely motivated to to check it out i, I think dante what you said about that hair one that is where i could see myself busting this out ippj and stuff like that like the other bomb jumps that come up a lot i feel pretty good about just like eyeballing it setting it up because i've done it a bunch of times but um yeah that hair one is really scary and i usually don't even attempt it but maybe i'll maybe i'll bust open the practice hack and and figure that out so uh, and yeah, for everyone who who suggested that, I hear you. It's a good good suggestion. Um, but again, I would go back to like, you have to pick one of these to start. So like, that's what we're trying to give people is like, where do you start? So, uh, all right, let's get back into our list. Um, let's pass it over to Dante. Um, tell us about trick number five in our top ten. Well, this is a skill. Yeah, um, this this is the least like trickiest trick but it absolutely counts as i say counts but okay yeah. go ahead go ahead uh the blind script so uh we've talked about this numerous times on the show we've talked about bosses with airy super in-depth so i don't want to you know be too long-winded like i normally am but the blind script is pretty important uh we got what six first place votes for this so 18 points there 18 points or votes rather in that second and third place voting and uh, also 12 votes in the 4th, 5th place. So yeah, that's uh, 66 total points. That's, that's quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, blind script, here's, a, here's the summary of this in my opinion, is it's important because it, it's an easy way to lose time. Um, most times in tournaments, if you make the bracket stage, you are going to go up against people who know the blind script. And yes, it is possible for them to mess it up because things happen. But... Nine times out of ten, I feel like they're going to get it. So you want to know this just to keep on par with your opponent. And, you know, you, you kind of just want to expect them to get it. But the biggest thing with this is it's easy to not take damage while doing this. If the fight gets out of control, it's super easy to take damage. Super easy to, you know, lose control, take a death. And then that's really punishing. So, yeah, learn the blind script. Yeah. We we did have a few folks uh, go to bat for the blind script uh, and, and leave a brief explanation of kind of why they included it on their list. So I want to read a few of those. We had one person say, the blind script massively improves routing. Low equipment thieves town is very common, so it's important to have a solid handle on the blind fight to avoid delaying the dungeon clear. We had another person say, blind script is a life changer for new runners. We had another person say, the blind script is not trivial, but saves so many costly deaths, it has to be on the list. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Uh, going back to, you know, new runner pain points, when you get that super early Dark World access where you've got like, you know, four hearts and green mail and fighter sword, let's say, um, you know, I can definitely remember being, you know, 15 or 20 seeds into my rando career and still like flinching at that that prospect and like not going to thieves town or not finishing it all the way out at least because I knew I'd get my ass kicked by blind. And I think knowing 
even just the first two sections of the script, I, I don't think it's any secret that we've I've I've admitted in the past, and so is Herf to not knowing it. But if you know the first two, that's probably going to be enough for you. Uh, most people can finish out the third phase with only taking damage, you know, once or twice, and then that's enough. The fight's over. Um, but yeah, the confidence to be able to do a very early blind with low equipment is huge. I think it definitely deserves to be in our in our top five. Yeah. Yeah. So I personally think it definitely deserves to be in there, especially coming from like the viewpoint of a newer player or someone who's not as practiced in the game yet, maybe. But to me, it's also at the same time a little bit surprising to see it at number five because... Uh, I'm not really sure how to explain this. First of all, I don't mean this in like a disparaging way or anything, but I feel like this shows that the people who filled this out might err on the newer side or not as practiced side. Because I remember, as you were just saying, uh, Tim, I remember being super scared of the blind fight every time, especially if you're low equipment or don't, you know, have a better mail or only a fighter sword or low equipment, whatever. It, it can be extremely scary. But nowadays, I feel pretty okay with it, even if I continually mess up the script every time. Like, that guy just races around the room, goes up and down, like, whatever he wants to do with me. But I still feel pretty confident in the fight. And I feel like this one is... To me, it feels less punishing if you mess it up. I agree that it's helpful to know, like, parts of it, or at least have an idea of it, so you know, all right, well, you know, the head flies around for this amount of time, and then I need to get ready to hit blind again, or something like that. But if you don't get it perfectly right, it's probably not as costly or as bad feeling as some of these other tricks if you don't get them on the first or second try. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you die to blind, it's pretty quick to go back, but there's not going to be a script in your future uh, and you're going to have to, you know, it's, it's, it's all pretty slow. It's not the worst thing. I definitely would agree with you there, but I think you pretty much like proved why it's on the list where it is when you said like, you can remember being a new runner and being scared of it. Mm -hmm. And I think you're absolutely right. We, I think we probably did have a lot of the more like casual side of the community answering this survey. I think a lot of folks who are from our Reddit, um, who are, you know, I think we kind of consider everyone who like takes time to post in a discord daily to be like pretty up on the community. But I think there's a much wider, less hands-on uh, portion of the community who plays a lot more casually uh, that is represented by Reddit. And I, I think that, I think you're exactly right, you know, in, in their voting, but I'm also, they're like, they are the demographic for this list, you know, if, if they are yeah, that. Absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, I think sure. it, it makes perfect sense to have them weighing in because mm -hmm. they're, they're there right now and they know what it hurts to not know or they're thankful for what they have just learned recently, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I don't disagree with it being there or being at number five at all. Like, I get it. Uh, it just, I don't know. This one is the only one where I read it and I was like, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a little bit torn inside. I think it's just, um, a song? yeah, like you, it, it speaks to how confident you are, not just with the script, because like you said, you can still mess it up, but like you don't. It, you have already considered that something that's within your arsenal, so you don't think twice mm -hmm. about going to an early Thieves Town now. And I think that's really what you yeah. gain from knowing the blind script. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And as I said, I'm, I'm not against it being on the list or a number five at all. I think it's an important thing to at least, you know, familiarize yourself with. If you mess it up, fine, but at least you're prepared enough to know what's coming at mm -hmm. you. Yep. Cool. Okay, let's move on to number four. I'll just go ahead and knock this one out. Number four on our list of tricks to learn is fake flipper. So we had three people put this as the most important. 31 people had it as either second or third place, and 25 people voted this as either their fourth or fifth place for a point total of 96 points. So this one was on our original list as well, uh, and I think our reasoning for including it then was the vast amount of checks that it opens up if you know it in the early game, uh, the idea being it might get you out of having to do AGA required. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I... I I don't think a whole lot has changed between now and then. I still think it's very important to know this. Another thing we haven't talked about very much is how easy it is to learn some of these tricks. And this one is very easy to learn. This is one you could probably even hack out in the middle of a race. If you understand the idea behind it, you know, it, you're going to lose time, obviously, but you you probably get it in like 20 to 30 seconds eventually. And now you know it, you know, so I think that's another thing to mention is you know a, a thing that can get a trick highly rated on this list can also be just how like easy it is to learn um because when we're talking about prioritizing your practice time if we assume you're only going to take a certain amount of time to to practice then you know prioritizing things that are easy to learn could be could be useful and fake flipper definitely falls into that category um what do you guys think fake flipper number four uh, I personally think there's not a whole lot to talk about. Fake yeah. Flipper is going to be Fake Flipper. The only thing I want to say is that I'm willing to fully admit that all Fake Flippers I do are made up on the spot. <laughs> I've never once practiced it. I still don't really 100% know how it works or why it works or when it works or when it doesn't work. But I get it uh, at my third try at the worst, and uh, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, Dante, any thoughts? Uh, it's, uh, it's useful. It's, uh, same thing as the mountain can be a time sink. Mm -hmm. Fair. Yeah. Uh, knowing when to bust these out, as we've said many times on this show, probably even more important than knowing them. Uh, and that that's going to absolutely apply to everything we talk about on this list. Yeah. Any trick, uh, I mean, kind of like that's a sequence break, like fake flipper, the, the mountain thing again, like you were talking about, I, I didn't say this earlier. I do want to say it now. Um, you don't want to do it just because you can. Uh, you want to try and arm yourself with some knowledge um, as to what are the risk reward scenario for this like what can I gain what will I lose and you know it's not always black and white where it's going to be you know crystal clear on what you're going to gain and lose um, it, you know it, it could be very a very gray area so calculate the risk do you want to take it yes or no execute on that but yeah make sure you've got it in your back pocket so you can uh, you know pull that out yep all right so i'm gonna uh switch it up here a little bit and um rather than do three two one um i think number one will probably be pretty obvious especially to anyone who took the took the uh, quiz or whatever you want to call it because you voted for it <laughs> we had over half of of the respondents uh put this glitch at number one um before we do that though i want to talk about some honorable mentions some things that were just a little bit outside of our top 10 that I still think are very important um, and obviously got, you know, some some vo some votes and some people, uh, you know, kind of fighting for them, but ultimately didn't make the top 10. Um, so let's each just call out, you know, maybe a couple of ones that, that we see that are not our top 10 here. Um, 
and and let's let's do like a speed round like maybe like a line or two on each one not too much discussion um i'll start with the one that's at number 11 uh currently it's actually tied for 11th place but um Houlihan room is the one that i'm going to talk about i actually this one was in the top 10 uh, for a little while eventually got pushed out while as people continued to vote um i find it to be very useful i think it definitely qualifies as something that you have to open up a practice hack and learn and and do a couple times without uh, a time pressure on you gives you a bunch of money and uh yeah i i i, I like that it's at 11 um dancy what which one do you want to talk about I want to talk about hovering because it's important. <laughs> uh, where did um, hovering end up anyway? Uh, it's kind of down there. Um, let's see. It's like 15-ish, 16-ish. Yeah. yeah, and it's really, hovering's not that important. It's nice to be able to bust it out when you can. But, uh, and, and, you know, and I love hovering just to do it because it's, it's fun. Um, but it's not essential. So don't don't get all upset i'm saying this to myself too just don't don't get all upset when your controller breaks and you get a new controller and you can't hover anymore like super consistently for a bit um you know but yeah you know it's one of the ones that i I like using especially with like you know niche modes like um entrance and uh keys and stuff sometimes it's one of those ones that can potentially eliminate a go mode item so that's that's huge yep it's just really hard to learn that's all Herf, what do you what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so I'm wavering between two a little bit, but they I think I'll mention them both because they kind of fall under the same umbrella, which is they're not extensively useful. They're not going to help you eliminate a go mode item or anything like that. But to me, they're both just a lot of fun to do and relatively easy to learn. And those two are super speed or spin speed and item dashing. Mm-hmm. I just think they're probably my most fun tricks to pull out that look impressive but aren't impressive at all because you're not doing anything great. Yeah. Super speed maybe a little more so than item dashing, but especially item dashing makes people go, wait, what? How? How's that happening? And all you're doing is pressing two buttons on the same frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, super speed tied for 11 with Houlihan Room, and three people had it as their first place. So... You're not mm-hmm. you're not alone in uh, your your love of super speed. I think probably because it is a way to greatly increase link speed, and we're talking about going faster. So, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it makes sense. I, you know, it unfortunately, doesn't get to get used that much, but I definitely I see where those folks are coming from for sure. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So another one that was rated pretty high was mirror block erase, and I think I just think that's sort of funny. Um, it, there's no denying it's <laughs> that it's useful, um, but it's not even one really that most people I think would have to actually practice. You can that's one that you can probably just see people do and then just do yourself during a race and be like, oh, I know it now. Um, but it it technically is a trick. It is useful. It's very easy to learn. So it makes sense that it's here. You know. So I I thought that was kind of cool. Did we put in the or even the option for the more important uh, hook block clip? Or? Yes, we did. Okay, because. Don't be me in like, you know, early days of Rando and learning the mirror block thing and say, hey, I'm going to use this in a dungeon. <laughs> I did that too. Yeah. It doesn't work. Uh, I did that at the top of GT. Um, oh, no. I know. I was furious with myself. Hook clip is on here. It's It got uh, one second and third place vote and two fourth and fifth place votes. So 
Hmm. Um, and, okay, yeah, I think that's good. So, yeah, and I, I guess I probably will release this sheet just so people can look through the results themselves just to kind of see how, how it panned out. Because I do think it's interesting. So if you're interested in seeing the rest of them, then uh, check out the description of this episode. Cool. All right. Let's get back into our list. Uh, we're going to jump to number one. As I mentioned, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise, uh, but it absolutely is number one. It was voted on uh, as number one by over half the community, uh, the people that responded to this, and that is Silver Liskanen. Um, this obviously will reduce or, or will remove the need for finding the second progressive bow. Allows you to finish the game without that. Um, and remember earlier when I said that there was actually a glitch between seven and eight, that was torch glitch. And I've made the decision to combine that with silverless cannon. And it seems to go against everything I stand for to combine two of these when I tried <laughs> so hard to separate everything out. But my reasoning is if you're going to take time to practice silverless cannon, it will start with you doing the torch glitch. Or, or I mean, I, I think that's that's probably the case with Master Sword Ganon as well. But um, the the fact of the matter is, like, you're practicing Ganon uh, and you're practicing the fourth phase, and those both happen at the same time. So you can easily make time for one as you practice the other, and that's why I think it makes sense to just kind of be rolled up into one as as the number one thing to practice, being Silverless Ganon, which includes Torch Glitch. Um, so 69 people voted this uh, as the most important thing to learn. 32 had it second and third, and 11 had it fourth and fifth. Um, Silverless Ganon and Torch Glitch. What do you guys think? Oh, I've got something for this. All right, go ahead. (laughs) I approve. That's the best I can do. Very good. I loved it. Um, Thanks. Yeah. My waveform didn't appreciate that at all. <laughs> that's, that's all right. Well, we'll Tuesday Temple take care of it. No big deal. Okay, um, good. Yeah, I think this pretty much speaks for itself. We've talked about how to do it, obviously, of course, in our um, A through H bosses episode with Aerie. Um, and uh, tons and tons of people it used their comment box to talk about this one. Um I didn't even include them. There was just so many of them and they're all saying pretty much the same thing. You know, it it eliminates the need for silver arrows. Um, It's something you do every single seed, uh, virtually every single seed, even across different like world states and modes and stuff. So it's it has a lot of universal appeal and and will always come up um, or always has the potential to come up, I should say. In in every single seed. It will always Mm -hmm. come up like. (laughs) uh, No, sometimes you have the silvers. This is this is V thirty one. This is a new era. You always, <laughs> almost always, yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's it's no one can say it's not important. Even if you didn't put it as your number one, or even in your top five, you have to admit it. It deserves your attention at some point. So, absolutely number one. When you start practicing, if you're not sure what to do first, this is what we recommend you start with: is Silverless Cannon, preceded by quickly learning and and it really will not take you very long at all the ideas behind the torch glitch and how to make that happen um which makes um the fourth phase of ganon much easier whether you have silvers or not so uh silverless ganon um now so yeah go ahead, go uh, ahead. real quick before we move on um 
So to actually add a little bit something of uh, substance to this instead of just playing my slides. Yeah. So, well, I mean, not, not um, that that wasn't I, an incredible contribution. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. But uh, I've had an interesting conversation with a couple of friends about this uh, when we sent this form out where a few of them were saying, yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that Silver Scan it should be number one, right? Because... Um, going into the Ganon hole and then going back out and trying to find the silvers which could be buried somewhere extremely deep and stuff like that can cost you a lot of time and stuff like that. And then a couple other friends were arguing, well, if you think about it, for some newer players, going back out and looking for silvers might be faster than them trying to pull off a silverless cannon or if they maybe practice some other things that could have saved the time there that it's now costing them to look for the silvers so it's you know it's maybe not as much of a foregone conclusion but i think my my point in arguing with them ended up being I think the problem here is you're at the end of the game. You know you can finish it out if only you knew this trick. So even if you, you know, it would make more sense or maybe even save you more time to go out and look for the silvers, it just feels worse than pretty much any other glitch you can mess up to be essentially at the very end of the game, but then go, oh, okay, thanks for the silvers and uh, I'll see you in half an hour when I have the silvers, you know, and, and just kind of ruining your finish time so to speak yeah so close for the goal post so i think that's really why this makes even more sense yeah absolutely you you talk about um you know how it feels to know a glitch or more accurately to not know a glitch and i think mm -hmm. that cannot be understated and it will it'll get us into something that i want to really dive into here in a second in a lot more detail uh, but yeah that's absolutely a factor as well as like the FOMO from not knowing it, you know, when, when other you see other people do it all the time and the act of having to leave the battle to go to wherever he said the hints were, were and, and come back like that all just feels mm -hmm. bad and it could be demoralizing. Um, and, and all the more reason to learn this one ASAP. So yeah, I like that a lot. Um, so for our number two and number three, um, for anyone paying attention, um, or anyone even, somewhat familiar with you know the racing this game and trying to go fast you probably know the two that we have not said yet that are um very very important to learn in competitive alttpr and that is icebreaker and the ice palace bomb jump so one of the things i was really excited to see with this um you know with with collecting this data from the community is which one of these is the priority now because they're both ways to shave a huge chunk of time off of Ice Palace, but there are a lot of factors to consider when it comes to which one should be a priority to learn first. So um, without any further ado, I'll announce the order. Our number three glitch of the top 10 to prioritize learning was, drum roll, Icebreaker. Number two was Ice Palace Bomb Jump. So the community has voted and decided in a very, very close race uh, with these weighted um, scores here, with the weighted points. Ice Palace Bomb Jump is still going to be a higher priority to learn than Icebreaker, according to our community. Now, according to this, you know, to, to again, to the community, 
after you learn Ice Palace Bomb Jump, the very next thing you should check out, you know, just move right over while you're in Ice Palace to the beginning. And now you should be practicing Icebreaker. That's kind of what our, you know, what this list is saying here. They're both very, very important and should be highly prioritized. But technically in this, you know, uh, data collection, Ice Palace Bomb Jump was found to be the one that should be higher priority. So I want to talk about this a little bit. We had a lot of community weigh in on one versus the other and why they voted the way that they did. Um, so I'm, uh, we'll get into that in a second. But before I do that, um, what, what do you guys think about how this all played out? What are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think it'll make more sense once we actually get into what you were just talking about, the people and their reasoning. But I think it's perfectly fine the way it is. So you, you think Ice Palace Bomb Jump first? Mm-hmm. It, it, Makes sense to you. Okay. All right, Dante, what about uh, you? I think it's that way. I was talking to her for a little bit about this before you came into voice chat, and I'll, I'll basically say again what I said there so we have it on recording. Um, if you don't know Icebreaker you or the cane is not available, you lose a little bit of time. Well, I take that. Let's not say the cane's not available. If you don't know Icebreaker, just that, you lose a little bit of time, okay? That's recoverable, potentially. Um if you don't know Ice Palace Bomb Jump, you are probably screwed. Like, like that's a big problem uh, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Because if the cane is not available, you're forced to do that, most likely. Especially if you're in go mode. Um, like, if, like, if you're go mode sans cane or something like that. So, I still think Ice Palace Bomb Jump is more important than Icebreaker. Now, for routing efficiency... You do want to know Icebreaker, and that's why it's a close second to Ice Palace Bomb Jump. But uh, but yeah, that's that's my hot take with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so as I mentioned, we had a lot of people weigh in on this. Maybe I'll just read those because they're pretty succinct. And I think, like Herf said, they're going to mention a lot of things that we would be saying. So here are what some peop- here's some, some things that people had to say about Ice Palace Bomb Jump and why they included it uh, in, in you know high up in their... Uh, responses here. If you're going to learn one IP route, it should be IPPJ, which can always be used regardless of loadout. Icebreaker is faster and arguably easier, but not always possible. That was what one person said. Another one said, if you're going to learn one IP route... Oh, wait, no, I copied that one twice. Sorry. Next one. (laughs) IPPJ is still number one for me. Icebreaker requires another item, but everyone has bombs, right? Right. And then the last one, <laughs> right, <laughs> we had to answer their question. Um, IPPJ can always be done. IB requires an item you might not find prior to IP. So all of those accounts are kind of pointing to the fact that you might not have cane. And it's interesting because you probably will have cane. I would say more than 50% of the time when you walk into Ice Palace, you'll have cane already just because it happens later on in most seeds and cane just shows up. But of course, as we all know, it's extremely possible and happens all the time that you don't have the cane. And what are you going to do then? You, You have to either do Ice Palace as intended, which is absolute randomizer poison, or you can learn this Ice Palace bomb jump and it can at least keep you somewhat on track. Um... So those are some pretty strong arguments for learning the Ice Palace Bomb Jump before you learn Icebreaker and kind of prioritizing that as an overall more important glitch. But what do the people defending Icebreaker have to say? Because that almost was the number two. Uh, In fact, just to show you this comparison, the point total for IPPJ was 137, for Icebreaker, 134. 
So it was pretty much like one vote basically stopped this from being a tie. Uh, 18 people had IPPJ number one and 10 people had Icebreaker uh, as number one. But it was sort of flip-flopped on the other side. You know, for IPPJ, second and third place, there were 28 votes. Fourth and fifth place, 27. For Icebreaker, there were 39 second and third place votes and 26 fourth and fifth place votes. So it was very, very close. Uh, Defenses for Icebreaker. And I have to admit, some people made some really good ones. Um, Here's what somebody said. Icebreaker literally cuts IP in half and makes Go Mode Ice Palace much easier. Icebreaker made IPPJ nearly obsolete and is so much quicker. I might not fully agree with that one, but I'm just reading. Um, Another one said, I ranked Icebreaker high, less common than IPPJ, but such a huge time difference when it comes up. It shifts the routing meta more than any other trick. Another person said, Icebreaker is easy to pull off, no failure punishment, and completely changes the way Ice Palace routes for the better. Um, so those are all very impassioned uh, defenses of Icebreaker. We also had a member of our community, actually a, um, uh, I think, a, a, yeah, a racer in our mentor tournament, Virtua Cat, um, has written into the show before, just friend of the show overall, actually made a very impassioned uh, defense of uh, the Icebreaker that I, that I really liked kind of the first day that we put this form out. And they made a point that I really liked. And her, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. Um there's something about learning Ice Palace that just makes you feel good. You, It's an easy way to skip a ton of a really tough dungeon. Um, it, it just makes it so much easier. It's not that hard to learn. You just walk right through a wall. It looks cool. Um, there's something to be said for prioritizing the glitches that, like, are a little easier to pull off and like make you feel good to like motivate you to want to learn more. I think that's a really interesting concept and a really interesting argument to be made for maybe prioritizing icebreaker first, because like when you get it, you feel cool and you feel a little more motivated to practice other things. What do you guys think about uh, that, that sort of take? So for me, I, I feel like I can understand that and it kind of goes with the, what I was saying earlier. But the problem here is I feel like that's a little bit of a double-edged sword that I've personally also experienced. The thing okay. is, um, not only might Icebreaker not be available to you because you don't have Kane, what I've also noticed with myself, especially since Icebreaker is the latest glitch I've personally learned is, I will not go into Ice Palace, even though it's fully available to me, until I find the Kane. And that can be an extremely terrible routing decision because yeah. you just have a full, fully available ice palace open to you for like half an hour and you're running around doing overworld checks in the vain hopes of finding Kane somewhere. And uh, that can really backfire. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's definitely fair. Um, this actually ropes into something I meant to discuss earlier, which was we had some people fill out the survey or just kind of chat about it, um, you know, in Discord or Reddit. Uh, we had a few people in Reddit kind of mention this sort of thing and say that, like, this whole system is flawed. Like, you shouldn't be learning tricks. If you're going to practice, you should be working on your movement, trying to get a deeper understanding of the game, running individual rooms, um, you know, playing Z3R Sim maybe, for instance. Like, they, they don't recommend, like, just learning tricks for the sake of, like, okay, I learned this trick and now I'm good at that and I'm getting better because I know more tricks. Um And I'm not going to say that they're wrong, but I will say that I wholeheartedly disagree. And it goes back to what we were just what I was just talking about and what you mentioned earlier, Herf, which is just like 
that is uh not fun and sucks like nobody wants that's that's like i'm trying to come up with a, a, an accurate metaphor but it's like telling it's like do, telling people to do math homework basically it's like there's no, there's nothing fun about just like practicing grinding movement um that's the kind of thing i think that should come a lot later in your career it can be fun once you've got you know once you're you've gotten to a certain average time and you're trying to grind just a little bit lower and lower that is fun because you're like slowly getting better and that feels good but that i don't think at all that should be where you start i think i would definitely recommend learning literally like tricks that only come up sometimes but like make you feel like you're a lot better at the game to start and then getting into some of that more boring execution based you that's boring i'm gonna argue that i wasn't gonna argue until i heard it's boring (laughs) so when you get to a point where you can execute well and you know you're executing well that's to me a bigger reward than the tricks uh even even more so than the hovering trick and I, I joke, but I'm serious because there's there's two levels of um, there's two levels of this in my mind. So, uh, and I I learned I saw this in the mentor tournament last year, um, and I'm not gonna throw any names, but um, and I, I helped them understand this. But like one of the biggest things that stands out is like you can tell someone's a really new runner um, when they are walking from Link's house down to um, the dam because. They take the most inefficient route. They stay in the grass, and it slows you down. And that's, to me, a very basic understanding. It doesn't take a high level of execution to do that. You just want to take the fastest, most efficient route, and you don't want to be stuck in the grass, you know, going at that slower water speed we've talked about before. So that the, the, the actual, like, all right, you know, am I losing frames by not taking the most efficient route? That's... um. That, that's a whole another level so i'm with you on that like that's not as rewarding it's not as something that you should prioritize it but you should get your feet wet so to speak beforehand even though i was just talking about avoiding water but um <laughs> you you want to just you want to have an idea of what the most efficient way of moving is and then if you find out later hey i can improve upon that great but but yeah like i think it is important uh, like it's it's to me it's rewarding just knowing all right I'm not losing five seconds on one screen in the overworld because I didn't do something you know the correct way. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I mean, and as someone who loves speed runs and watching them and just like the tech that goes into them in general, I mean, yeah, I I do I shouldn't say it's boring. I I do find that fascinating, but it's not sexy. I guess is what I you know like it's not attractive to a newer player i think there's a lot more perceived and noticeable value from learning a trick and going oh i i can walk through one of the walls of the dungeon now versus like ooh, that screen transition's happening 60 frames faster than it was before because i'm not walking <laughs> in the tall grass you know it's, there's just no i mean it's not it's not as fun oh, it's not know? as fun but it's definitely what's going to set you apart from like and and this isn't me saying this to anybody in particular and it's not me saying it to you but like to get to the next level like tricks are like well documented and the the you've had Blaine on here before my time and i've referenced this before but Blaine talking about the benefits from nmg like just learning the movement for that you don't you know you get an idea of what you need to do and you don't even have to be super good at it you don't have to post the you know sub 130 or sub 125 time which would be insane but my, my point is 
just learning the basics from that will make you do what I was just talking about. Like, it, it, yeah. I, I consider that movement basics because you just want to say, all right, what's what's efficient? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my okay. take on this whole thing is I'm kind of in the middle between you two. I don't quite... I agree with Tim in so far that tricks seem, you know, sexier and more fun to learn than optimizing your movement or something like that. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of people misunderstood what the point of this episode is supposed to be. We're not, you know, nobody's saying, okay, when you learn these top 10 tricks that we just listed, you'll be the best rando player in history. We all know that, you know, good movement, good execution, being able not to die on bosses repeatedly, stuff like that is probably more important than knowing the bomb jump or the dark room to get to the old man or something like that, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a give and take for both sides. And this is a list where we want to list off, as you were mentioning in the beginning, some uh, tricks that should be on your upper priority or your higher priority to learn over some other tricks. That doesn't mean never learn that you don't have to kill every single enemy on every screen exactly yeah this is just a suggestion of where to start but it it is by no means a complete list of what you need to know that list uh to be fast that list is much much longer and it does it's not tricks It, it it is more movement uh boss execution um you know and even starts to get into routing stuff so yeah that is that is a, a very good point this is not meant to be a be all end all um it's just as it's a suggestion it's yeah. recommendations basically to yeah. get that full list please listen to the 50 episodes of the go more podcast <laughs> there you go we we get we get very much into all of it uh very generally and very specifically um so yeah good good caveat uh, okay, so I think we're ready to read off this full list. Um, should I do 1 to 10 or 10 to 1? Uh, I mean, we went 10 to 1, so now do 1 to 10. Let's do 1 to 10. Very good. Okay. All right, so number 1, Silverless Ganon. We're including the Torch Glitch in there. That is community ranked the number 1 trick to prioritize if you're going to take some time to practice. Number 2... <laughs> To avoid that happening, that that sound happening within your game. Um, That's why you want to learn it, so you're not falling. Uh, Number two, Ice Palace Bomb Jump. Number three, Icebreaker. Number four, Fake Flipper. Number five, Blind Script. Number six, Master Sword Ganon. Number seven, The Mountain Pass Dark Room. Number eight, Pod Dark Maze. Number nine, Heropot. And number ten, Diver Down. So as of June 20th, 2020, these are the community chosen ranked top 10, a link to the past randomizer tricks worth learning. So there it is. We did it. Woohoo! Yay! Nice. All right. Let's finish this episode out. Okay, so we have three fetch questions, um, all relatively short. We got some good ones here. Uh, this first one is a fetch question from Amphibious T-Rex, who I recognize that name as someone who stops into my stream occasionally to watch me play. So, uh, hey, Amphibious T-Rex, thanks for writing in. And they said this. Hey, guys, I just listened to the music podcast number 46. I know I'm a little behind. Several years ago, I got really into Irish slash Celtic music, Celtic Thunder, The High Kings. Then maybe two years ago, I got really into EDM music, Alan Walker, The Fat Rat. 
I enjoyed hearing some unique songs from you all. I'm definitely going to have to check out Wolfpack and Soften the Glare. Thanks for the fun episode. And that was Amphibious T-Rex. So that, that was really nice. We, you know, we weren't 100% sure about doing that because it's not rando related at all. But I'm really glad that we did. And I'm even more glad to hear that people dug it. So mm-hmm. that was really that was really nice. Very nice email. Thank you, Amphibious T-Rex. Uh, and then we had another one from Floyd. Remember, we had one last week. Uh, uh, we had two from him last week. We said we were going to hold off uh, and read one this week. So that is this question right here. What are the requirements for a spike cave to be in logic, besides having blue cane or cape? Does the randomizer consider it in logic when you have bottles or a certain amount of hearts? So that was a question from Floyd. And I've definitely wondered this in the past. Uh, I showed this to you guys so that we could you know, make sure we researched it if we need to. And what I heard from you, Dante, was? Uh, it's all based off of that invincibility item. Um and what I'm I'm not basing that off the code because I, I haven't like dove into the code, but literally every tracker that has a map tracker um, doesn't show it as logical until you have one of those uh, one of those items available to you. So um, that's kind of what I'm basing that off of. Uh, someone if someone's dove into the code and wants to correct me, uh, then please feel free to. But I. Uh, you know, that's what I usually base it off of. And honestly, I I don't even really consider Spike Cave as an option uh, a lot of times until I have either both, or uh, which is terrible, or, mm-hmm. um, or you know, if I've got Cape and, you know, I didn't need it for Aga and also Bumper Cave Ledge is garbage, then I start to consider Spike as an option. But, you know, that's that's just my preference. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Dante, for uh, getting that info for us. I like I said, I had always wondered that, but this is just totally anecdotal. And I think I've said this before, but like I never find anything in Spike Cave. I can't remember the last time I found progression in Spike Cave. It just doesn't happen. All right. And then we had one more from uh, Sushi Elemental, which is a name that I really like. Um, and they wrote in, "Dear Tuesday Timp and the Weekdays." <laughs> Thanks for the awesome podcast. That's a great <laughs> band on, name, hang right? Hang on a minute. Are we now relegated to being just random weekdays? We're the, the weekdays. At least make what weekdays us the do you guys want to be? I want to be Saturday. Okay. I want to be fair. Friday, like uh, Rebecca Black. <laughs> Friday. Okay, that sounds good. All right. Dear Tuesday Temp and the weekdays, thanks for the awesome podcast. I have a request, though. I heard a couple harsh words in the past couple episodes being bleeped out with the default bleep sound. Keeping things Zelda, can we replace that with the bumper noise from ALTTP instead? (laughs) Alternatively, for the next April Fool's episode, how about bleeping out absolutely every adjective ending with ED and ING? But to stay on topic, do you know if it is possible to also randomize sounds in the ALTTP ROM? You know, maybe setting a cacophony that shuffles the sounds around. Open a chest, a bomb dies. Swing your sword, arrow hit noise. Boot stashing, explosions. Love the show. Keep them coming. Sushi Elemental. All right, so we have a lot to talk about here. Mm-hmm. First off, I've, uh, I have been using more harsh words. I will cop to that. I, in real life, do have kind of a, a sailor's vocabulary. We try to keep it. At first, we were saying PG for the show. Then I realized in our Discord, a lot of people also uh, don't seem to mind profanity as much. And so I've kind of bumped the rating of this show up to PG-13. So you will hear, you know, ass, 
And damn. Oh, no. <laughs> but, not those words. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're not going to drop any uh, hard F-bombs or certainly not anything, like, hateful. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and for the bleeps, uh, personally, I just think that... Um, I just think those generic bleep noises are funny. It always, like, whenever I hear one out of, you know, like, when I'm not expecting it, it always makes me laugh. Like, fuck! You know, like, <laughs> you didn't you didn't expect it, but there there it was. Um, but, yeah, I do like the idea of, you know, I'm, I'm always down to put more kooky sound effects into the show. So um, let's try it out right now, actually. You guys want to uh, say some, some mean words, and I'll cover them up with some Link to the Past sound effects? Uh, give me a second. I did not think this all would right. be so, so hard for you guys. About, I thought if there was could, one prompt, you would be all the, over. No, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So, uh, I mean, it's like you're a big f- So, uh, you know, we we did that, and I'm pretty sure that everyone thought I said one thing, but you guys know that I said something completely different, and I probably pronounced it wrong, but there we go. <laughs> He's trying to use a German word that Herfie <laughs> taught him that is very naughty. <laughs> I'm just going to go with a classic here and, you know, it's either going to be a couple of separate beeps or one long one, but I'll okay. just go with, uh, beautiful. Oh, it's so classic. Perfect list. Uh, rip George Carlin, one of my heroes. That's a very good list. I, yep. I can work with that. Let's see what Tuesday Tip decides to do with it. <laughs> um, Perfect. And then, uh, yeah, bleeping out all the adjectives for April Fool's episode. That that sounds like a lot of work for Tuesday Tim. <laughs> yeah, and the whole, the, whole, the whole point of the last one was as little work for Tuesday Tim as possible. So I'll keep it in mind, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, and then the actual question. Um, I don't know if any of us can answer this with any authority, but do you know if it's possible to randomize sounds in ALTTPR? I would assume it's possible. I don't know or think that anyone has ever done it, but I would assume that you can just like you can replace the music nowadays. Yeah, I don't. I know there's a way like Zooter's got this, like Zooter popularized this idea. And I'm not sure if there's like in the old Enemizer, like standalone executable, there's a way to do this. Um, But, you know, there were some customizations you could do in that that aren't on the website. But, uh, it may have something to do with adding lag and it could just be something where it's not as easily easy to do um on the snes but i've never really seen this you know done but it would be cool to have it done in in this i mean it would be funny but um yeah you know it's not i I don't think it's high on the priority list if i'm being honest (laughs) (laughs) i would definitely be down to try it i think it's funny but yeah i don't i wouldn't see anyone like purposefully using it on a regular basis i think it would be really disorienting and strange uh to actually play that way but i do think it would be funny to watch for for a minute um cool all right sushi elemental thank you for the great question that was a lot of fun to uh to go over um and if you guys want to send in a fetch question by you guys i mean the audience uh you can do so by joining our discord and sending it to us there or by uh, sending us an email, email at gomodepodcast.com. And you can also tweet at us at gomodepodcast. Um, my Twitch account is twitch.tv slash temp underscore. I've been doing more music streams, so feel free to come by and listen to some tunes with me as I as I write music for my temp.msu pack. 
Um, and I also want to shout out uh, this week. My shout out is going to be Yelly's Marble Runs. I've talked about this before in the commentary episode. I mispronounced it then as gels. I've since learned it's pronounced Yelly's Marble Runs. This is a YouTube channel all about marble racing, and they just started the newest... Um, they used to call them Marble Olympics, but they almost got sued by the Olympics for using that name because the Olympic Council is a bunch of babies. So now it's called Marble League, which is good. We are, we're used to calling things League around Imagine here. Imagine a so. council being a bunch of babies. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Metaphors. Um, so, yeah, that just started up. Uh, qualifiers were the other day, and it's just so much fun to watch and, and read the YouTube comments of people like earnestly cheering on their named marbles like their people it's i just, i love it so much so i i want to shout that out i'm going to be watching a lot of marble racing in the next few weeks um what about you guys tell give us some some shout outs some plugs no uh, well you can follow me at twitch tv uh, twitch.tv slash herfy turfy i'll uh, be firing that up again once this letter season two rolls around as we were talking about in the beginning um what are my shout outs my shout outs are to my birthday yesterday happy birthday me Hey, happy birthday, Herfy. Yay, thank you. That was a weird waveform. I'm sorry, Tim. Um, <laughs> Dante, what do you got? Oh, yeah, me. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, We're still, you know, playing Zelda occasionally. Uh, we're still on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Dante. We're still stomping arrows, playing those dance games. Um, I do want to be that guy and plug that... Um, I did finish what's uh, called PFCing or getting a, like a quote-unquote perfect score um, on all of doubles mode uh, for DDR Extreme. Like every single song that's only been done by like a handful of people that's like documented. And uh, I was I was really excited to finally break into that territory. So that's not even related to, to Link to the Past, but you know, we're, we're shouting out random stuff. But again, I still haven't set a date because of the way my schedule's been, which was a terrible thing, but I'm gonna do, I promise I'm gonna do this one chip thing. Um, but that's going to be soon TM. Nice. Yeah, congrats on that uh, DDR accomplishment. I could tell from the way that you talked about it that it was it was a huge deal and that you were you were really excited. So GG, that's, that's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Cool. All right. Um, well, if you enjoy the show, please consider leaving us an iTunes review. We got one extra uh, iTunes review uh, in the last couple weeks, but they didn't leave a comment, which is totally fine. I just want to say to that person, thank you very much for your rating. Um, and uh, yeah, the best place to do that is on iTunes. Um, it, it helps us out if you have a second to do that and you haven't done it yet. We very much appreciate it. Uh, and then finally, I just want to say... Um, Gosh, I just, uh, again, this is episode 50. It feels like it should be a big deal and a milestone, and, and it definitely is. I just I just can't believe it uh, that it's it's been that many, and I have no intentions of stopping at all. In fact, I think we're going to be picking up steam here pretty soon, even more, if you can believe it. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to making a bunch more episodes and, and uh, really looking forward to taking this journey with the two of you. Ooh, yeah. 50. Yes, going up. I love it. Cool. All right. <laughs> well, with that, let's go ahead and mirror out. <laughs>